might have talked to chimpanzees, Parker quarterbacks, Matt Litzardis in a beast, Bobby Roaring Fast. You and me, we're here for this to catch the latest show. Kingdom Fire, them super flex, come on in, let's go. Hey y'all, prepare yourself for the super flex pod. Welcome to another episode of Superflex. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Matt. Matt, how are you doing today? Doing great, Bobby. Looking forward to podcasting with Russell today. I've listened to him on a ton of shows, obviously, but I think this is my first time speaking with him. So it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's my first time speaking with Russell as well. And that's going to lead us right into our guest. So our guest today is Russell Clay. He's at Russell J. Clay on Twitter. He does both fantasy writing and NFL draft stuff for Fantasy Guru Site, which is at Fantasy Guru Site on Twitter, as well as college football DFS for Elite Fantasy HQ. Russell, thanks for joining us. And how are you today? Great. How are you guys? Uh, I will say, uh, having my first face to face experience with Matt, Matt, uh, piercing blue eyes, folks. <laughs> Absolutely, just, just I'm a white walker, you know, just so. slicing through my screen and into my soul. So, um, a little perspective for if I if I seem you know a little off my game, it's uh, you know. <laughs> I had the uh, I had the great pleasure of meeting Matt in person with his girlfriend, and I wanted to like get his girlfriend alone for a second so I could just be like, I get it. I yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> he was just walking down the road and you were like, that's, that's the one, isn't it? She does say that's my best feature. So, uh, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Megan and I will have a lot to talk about, but <laughs> today Russell had a particular quarterback that he wanted to talk about. And then I just selected two guys that I thought were kind of in the same bucket or just younger quarterback. So he wanted to talk about Dwayne Haskins. And then we're also going to talk about Daniel Jones, who at this point everyone knows I'm a Giants fan, and I also just love Daniel Jones for basically at this point not being Eli Manning, and uh, Jared Goff. And we also, of course, have our Animal of the Week, but let's get right into it by talking about Dwayne Haskins. And Russell, I'll let you start since you're the one who really wanted to talk about him. What do you want to tell the people about Dwayne Haskins? Well, number one, I I think this might be the first podcast where someone actually wanted to talk about Dwayne Haskins. Um, But I guess the way I'm looking at it is we all start from a certain point with players. You know, I started with that college profile, which I loved at Ohio state. He was amazing in his final season and I really loved him as a prospect. And then he went, you know, mid first round 15th overall to the Washington Redskins last year. And I was like, okay, you know, he's going to start year one. He's going to be in a great position. Uh, Obviously that supporting cast is not quite there yet, but if I think he's a really great prospect, I think he's going to figure it out. And year one looked similar to a lot of young quarterbacks where he, he wasn't ready. Like he just wasn't out of the, uh, he wasn't ready to be taken out of the oven yet. And he was, and that was a problem very similar to when Jared Goff uh, his first year, with with Jeff Fisher and like the just disaster Rams team 
He wasn't ready. Terrible supporting cast. And I just saw so many similarities with that. Obviously, Haskins isn't a big runner. Um, I just think he's pretty clearly the starter going into this year. And maybe he flames out and maybe by week six, we're looking at Kyle Allen. But we're looking at a young quarterback who was a first round pick and has a great profile who's a starter and is basically, you know, he's thrown out the window by the dynasty community. And I don't mean, you know, just one person. I mean, like ADP wise, he's that last guy with like Teddy Bridgewater and, uh, you know, the, the backups, Mariota and Derek Carr. And, you know, he's in there and it's like, wait, hold on. He's like 22 and just a first round pick last year. So, uh, I kind of like him as a guy, your third starter this year. He is a starter, and that's something I care about in Dynasty. As long as they're a starter going into the year, like I consider that a win. Um, you know, kind of the Nick Foles. Obviously, it didn't work out in Jacksonville last year, but if I can have a third guy like that, it's kind of kind of really nice to have for security purposes. So, um, yes, the risk is there, and he could be very bad. Like, he could just be terrible. But... Like he's valued like he already is terrible. And I think there might be a little, you know, could give you a little bump. And he's easy to trade for, which is not something you can say for quarterbacks in Superflex. That's certainly true. Matt, what do you think about Dwayne Haskins? Yeah, I echo a lot of what Russell thinks. I mean, he's I mean, he's just so cheap. Like like it's do you want Dwayne Haskins or do you want uh, uh, you know, he's down there like, like what, what Russ said with the backups, like Andy Dalton. He's currently going on off the board at, uh, quarterback 24, uh, just behind Ben Roethlisberger and Matt Stafford and just ahead of the guys like Tom Brady, Marcus Mariota, Andy Dalton, Josh Rosen, uh, Derek Carr. He's just ahead of. So, I mean, he's, he's at the point where he's just so cheap. Like it's, it's like, why not? He, he has the draft pedigree. He's, they're, they're clearly building an offensive, weaponry around him with McLaurin kind of taking off. And I really like Andy Golden and, um, you know, we don't know what Antonio Gibson is going to be, but he's pretty exciting. So I think he's, they're, they're, they're trying to build the right way. You know, Washington has been one of those teams where it's been on my, just, if you just avoid that franchise, you're probably going to be okay. But, you know, with Rivera in there, I think he's going to clean up that system a little bit. And while he, you know, he hasn't hasn't really gone the gone the distance, so to speak, as as a coach, he he has definitely made the teams where he's been at better. So, um, I think that influence is going to be exciting for him. It's just if he's going to go with Haskins or he's going to go with the the one that he knows in, in Kyle Allen, you know. So, but I think the upside is there. You know, in super flex leagues, he's not going to cost you more than like a late second round pick value somewhere in that range, I would guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I mean, why not? <laughs> you know, like take a chance on on somebody whose whose uh, uh, stock can can vastly outperform his ADP where he's going. And you know, if he's a mid, you know, a mid tie, uh, quarterback two in, in Superflex, you know, if he ends up in that like fifteen to twenty range next year, like you've made some money on that uh, already. So uh, I'm with Russell. I think he's he's worth taking a shot on. Uh, and you know, if if he doesn't pan out, then it's not like you've spent a lot to get there. After this episode, his ADP is going to rise, and he's going to cost way more. After people listen to both of you. <laughs> you just have that kind of sway on the community. It'll be like a late yeah. first. Um, that said, I also was with Russell where I liked Dwayne Haskins a lot coming out. I actually was somewhat mad when the Giants took Daniel Jones and did not take Dwayne Haskins. And I know Dwayne Haskins was equally mad. You could see it on draft night, just his face 
dropping and also him kind of laughing at the Giants for doing it. Um, you know, his rookie season versus Daniel Jones' rookie season made me regret that a little less, but that doesn't mean that I don't think that Haskins can't still be someone good. And Russell pointed it out himself. There's guys like Jared Goff who struggled in their rookie season. If you go further back, you know, Eli Manning and Matthew Stafford didn't have the best rookie seasons, mm. but managed to become very usable fantasy assets. I think we as a community have been spoiled lately with rookies bursting onto the scene and just doing really well. And we forget that the quarterback position generally takes some time to develop. Maybe that's changing a bit because rookies are coming on quite frequently and doing well, but I'm also not willing to write guys off after one season, at least entirely. So if you guys are right and you can get Haskins for a second, I'd be all over that. At least in most of my leagues, I don't think that's true because people hold on to quarterbacks no matter who they are. But if other leagues or listener leagues or whoever is listening to this can get him for a second, I'd strongly encourage them to do that. And I, I was wrong, by the way. I had the wrong uh, month loaded. He's actually quarterback 29 right now. So I mean, Is he behind just... Josh Rosen, by the way? Because I used to be a huge Josh Rosen fan, but even I can acknowledge that's just wrong. He's not behind Josh Rosen, but... Uh... You know, he's behind most of the veterans and just ahead of like the Jared Stidham's of the world. So right. uh, I, I would I think I'd rather have Haskins than Stidham right now. And again, we're not looking for him. I think we look at him and don't see the upside. We all don't see the upside, let's be honest. But if he can become a Jared Goff or become yeah. that middle range, whatever guy, I love those guys in Superflex because it's like, all right, I don't have to worry about you know, my quarterback, you know, if I have a three quarterback set of one really good guy, one mediocre, and then one middling Dwayne Haskins, like that's a win. I'm, I'm, I'm buying Sam Darnold as well, because, you know, similar thoughts where probably never going to be a great player, but all right, well, maybe he'll get me some 3,525 touchdown seasons. Yeah, and we talked about Sam Darnold uh, last week or two weeks ago on Superflex with uh, George Criticos, and he was talking about how he thinks people are too down on Darnold too. Mm. So it seems like you guys agree on that. And you mentioned Jared Goff. I want to transition to Goff. Um, I'm going to talk briefly about Goff. I don't usually lead these off, but Goff is someone I recently tweeted about because there's this tool on Dynasty League Football where you can see yearly ranks by position, and it does include week 17. But I was really interested to see that over the last three seasons, and again, it includes week 17, but Jared Goff managed to finish as a QB1. Even if it was back end, it was like QB12, QB9 one season, and like QB10 another. And he's only 25, and yet he was down at like 16 or 17 in ADP, or yeah, in ADP among quarterbacks. And so it's just kind of interesting because like I understand that the Rams offense did not look good last year. And I think a lot of that had to do with their offensive line. I also think a lot of that had to do with they were afraid to run the ball because they didn't trust Todd Gurley's knees at all. So I'm expecting a bounce back from Goff, and I actually think he's a decent buy low option. And it's also interesting that Russell compared him to like a middling option because I wrote an article a few seasons ago for Dynasty League Football about why you should buy Jared Goff. And it wasn't because I thought he had this incredible upside. It's because I thought he could basically be Eli Manning, where he would have longevity of having like these middling QB2 seasons with throwing in the occasional QB1 season. And that matters because 
as Russell said, that locks you in at a quarterback spot in your super flex and you can focus elsewhere. Uh, Russell, I'll let you give your thoughts on that and then we'll jump over to Matt. Oh, I love that. Yes. And, uh, you know, Goff has been a main target for me. Again, another guy that I really liked out of college, but had that, I, I'm going to call it a stinky perception from his college career. People were never really high on him. They never really liked him. They thought he was a really overrated first overall pick. And, and maybe he was, but he's clearly a competent NFL quarterback and those guys don't go away. He doesn't run the ball, which I like personally. Um, I, I understand the value and fantasy of running quarterbacks, but from dynasty perspective, I want guys who are going to play 16 games. Again, I don't even care if you're scoring 15, 17 points a game, please don't die. Like, please don't tear your ACL. That's all I want. So um, you know, if you can kind of tell the pattern now, I like Dwayne Haskins. I like Jared Goff. Like I like all these pocket guys, but, uh, it, yeah, no, I totally echo that. And the fantasy points have come pretty easy for him, even in less than perfect conditions. Last year wasn't great, but he does have good weapons still. And I, I kind of like what, what they did this off season. Obviously the offensive line needs to be addressed still, but Young guy has three competent seasons, was a pretty, pretty decent QB one, two years ago. And, um, you know, I, I, I like him. And uh, one other thing I'll say is that uh, Carson Wentz is, is the definition of a guy who, uh, <laughs> who doesn't necessarily run all the time, but is still a running risk because he literally throws his legs and oncoming linebackers. And that's the same thing as a running quarterback. He's gotten a little better this year, but the number one guy who I'm proud of is Deshaun Watson. He learned how to get out of bounds last year. He's not throwing himself in the guys. Shout out to Deshaun Watson. And Matt, what do you think about Goth? And just real quick, before we jump into that, before we started recording, we were talking about Andrew Luck and just how much that broke Russell's heart. So that really shows you how much he loves those pocket guys because Ross or Andrew was like the pocket guy for a while. Mm -hmm. He could run a little bit, but he was definitely much more of a pocket passer. And Matt, what do you think of Goff and his pocket passing ability and not killing his ACLs? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think Goff is a, a pretty obvious buy right now. Uh, you know, in 2018, coming off his almost 4,700 yard, 32 touchdown season. You know, he was kind of up in that top 10 discussion amongst dynasty quarterbacks. And then last year in his quote unquote down season, he threw for just 50 yards, uh, less than he did in 2018. Uh, the problem was his touchdown rate, right? He threw 22 instead of 32 with a three and a half percent touchdown rate when the league average of the last five, six years have been in those in the mid four range. So, uh, and, 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 and Goff himself, the previous two years was in the high five per, per, percentage rate for, for touchdown rate. So I think he's a obvious regression candidate there. Um, you know, Brandon Cooks going away is a little bit hurtful. It takes a little bit of speed out of their offense, I think. But uh, they, they've kind of like come into their own as what they their identity is as an offense. And that's going to be those really smooth route runners. They drafted another one this year with uh, with Van Jefferson, you know, arguably the second best route runner in the class. Um, 
so I, I think he's going to be fine. You know, the, he he started to put it together at the end of last season once they went to more 12 personnel and had both tight ends out there. Uh, so whether they continue that or, uh, or, or they start to lean more heavily on the run game with Cam, Cam Akers and, you know, Daryl Henderson from last year, I think, I think it's all good news for golf right now. So, uh, I think we're looking at somebody that is absolutely going to increase in value, you know, maybe not back into the top 10 range, but, uh, I bet he can easily get into back into the quarterback one conversation for us by this time next year. So another, another one whose stock is probably going to rise in 2020, I think. You know how on most podcasts they're like, always argue and have people just like fight each other <laughs> this podcast we have a lot of people just like agreeing and echo chamber so i mean at least you can tell that we all believe in this particular take but it is I'll interesting to know. we're gonna fight we're gonna fight on a quarterback yeah. the show let's Bobby. let's okay. fight um i actually don't disagree but um van jefferson not a guy i was high on not a guy i was very interested in goes in the second round one of my highest owned rookies. Right. So I yeah. think that is, uh, he's so cheap for a wide receiver. Yeah, you get a second, second round, round. You get a second round NFL receiver in the late third, early fourth of rookie yeah. draft. I mean, like, like I've seen that multiple times. Like this is real. That's, that's happening. So it's like uh, in that system, I'm, I'm and, in. And next year when, when Josh Reynolds is probably gone and Cooper cup could be gone, you know, like all of a sudden you have immediate opportunity in year two. So. Little did you know that wasn't going to cause a fight because yeah, that's that just another a, smart a disagreement pick. at all. I, I retract <laughs> my statement. <laughs> well, here's here's a question for you guys that I just thought of, and this could be because I recently made or tried to make a trade offer more or less to this effect. And it's who would you rather have going forward in Dynasty and let's say for the next two to three seasons, Kirk Cousins or Jared Goff? Mm. Goff, easily. It's... Yeah. Goff, no question. I thought you were going to go with like a hard one, like Lamar, yeah. Jack- Lamar Jackson, <laughs> Lamar Jackson, or Jared Goff. I'd be like, oh, I don't know, bro. No, <laughs> but um, I will say, Cousin seems like a guy who's going to hang around, and I don't hate. Like this is the first off season where I've kind of looked at him and been like, you know what? Not a terrible. Like I wouldn't mind having him as as my my third guy because. I feel like he's going to be a starter. Even if he flames out in Minnesota, he's going to probably get another job somewhere. So I kind of like guys in that tier where he's, he's probably got three to five years left of starter. So, And um, if Dalvin holds out, he could have to throw a lot. Right. So I mean, yeah. I don't know how realistic that is, but it is a possibility. Like he's, like, he's like a, like a discount Matt Stafford. And yeah, Matt Stafford basically. is not really that expensive either, so I'd probably rather have Stafford, but, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know. Well, I'll just make sure I don't release this episode before they respond to my offer of like Kirk Cousins. It was actually Kirk Cousins and Alshon Jeffrey for Jared Goss, but Ooh. this episode will not come out before if then. You could, if you could unload, <laughs> yeah, if you could get uh, at Alshon to get anything. Yeah. Alshon walking around in. I recently traded uh, Alshon. Well, it was Alshon and Traycon Smith for, why am I blank? Oh, KJ Hamler and a third round pick. But why? Okay. But why would they do that? Uh, I like KJ Hamler. He's another guy. Second round pick, third round ADP, all in. Yeah. I'm not a big Drew Locke fan, but at the price of Alshon Jeffrey for what you just mentioned, I went, yeah, sure. Why not? Okay. Yeah. If you can yeah. get him off of your roster for almost anything. Yeah. I, I bought in way too hard on him on Alshon once he went to Philly. Like I thought. I thought so did I. A perfect That's thing. Not- and like, uh, 
He's going to be healthy again, guys, a- for real. He's actually going to be healthy. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that was a bad process play. I just think he got too hurt. Yeah. Like, he's just got so many injuries now that there's nothing you can really do. Um, well, we're going to stay talking about the NFC East, and we're going to talk about Daniel Jones. I'm going to let both of you guys go first, and this time we'll talk with Matt first, just because I think anyone who knows me knows how I feel about Daniel Jones, but I want to see whether I'm way off base or whether you guys agree. Maybe this will be the one we fight on. So, Matt, go ahead and tell us what you think about Daniel Jones. This is definitely the one where you're going to fight on. I mean, for from a fantasy point of view, I think he's fine. He's going to give you those, you know, those really boom games. You know, I think he what did he have a, a five touchdown, no interception game, maybe a, a couple four touchdown games. But I think he's he's also going to be that quarterback that can absolutely kill your week. You know, I think he, he's 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 the same guy that can also throw three interceptions in a week and have eighteen fumbles in a, in a season. You know. Uh, but I do think the Giants are, are kind of playing to his strengths a bit. I, coming out, I thought he needed to be in like a really quick passing West Coast style offense. And they've certainly surrounded him with those types of weapons with Golden Tate and Sladen and uh, Sterling Shepard and those guys. Uh, so I, I like the way that the position they're putting him in. Um, the problem for me is his Matt Waldman talks about about this with quarterbacks, and that's the slow processor. You know, like he's he's someone who has trouble still, I think, identifying coverage, especially once he's going through this progression. So if that that first read, that first quick out, like isn't there, then I think that's where he runs into problems and and starts trying to process it, and just isn't quite there in terms of identifying coverages in, in that regard. So uh, from an NFL perspective, I think he's maddening, but from a fantasy perspective, if you're looking for somebody that can win you a week, I think he definitely has that upside. I just think that 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 is that razor's edge where he could also tank your week so for me echoing now off the board now at quarterback 11 that's too too rich for me like if we're talking about the difference between haskins and uh, uh samuel jones i would rather have haskins at his price than jones at his current price so um i don't i don't know i, I don't until I don't, you I, added I, in I, the pricing i was ready to like reach through the screen and just <laughs> <in> the <face. laughs> I, i'm not i'm not i'm not i would rather pay a late second round pick uh rookie pick then you know a mid first which i think is what you're probably gonna have to pay for jones at this mm. point so uh he's he's not he's not going to be on too many of my rosters but i understand the appeal and i do think the giants are treating him like the exact way they need to treat him for him to be successful and russell what do you think about daniel jones well from a situation perspective he's in a pretty rare situation i love his supporting cast. I think it's incredible. And I, in terms of a quarterback succeeding, I think it's one of the easiest places for a quarterback to succeed in the NFL. I mean, you have Saquon who, you know, you can dump it off one yard and you could get 70, you know, yards per attempt wise. That's fantastic. Golden Tate, one of the best yak guys in the league, obviously hasn't been healthy the last couple of years, which has been a bummer. Big Golden Tate guy. Sterling Shepard, Evan Ingram, you know, really the injuries could could hurt things here. But uh, Ania Slayton, who's another yards per attempt guy. So I think we could be looking at a situation where maybe he's not a great quarterback, but he's his numbers are super inflated by his supporting cast. And uh, that's how I'm looking at him. And Totally shocked me the combine last year, and then it showed in the NFL. This dude's super athletic, and uh, you know I, they're not going to run that Josh Allen offense, but he's like a hyper athlete for a quarterback. So, uh, I mean, 
I I don't again that can, could make him run more. So I don't I don't love that. <laughs> but uh, from a long term perspective, but for the next couple of years, I will say to Matt's point, I don't necessarily look at him as a long term asset yet. I don't. We, I need to see another year. I need to see him become uh, you know a little a little prog- progress a little more as a as a quarterback. But um, short term, next two three years. He's kind of like a, a much higher end Mitch Trubisky right now and, and could turn into a long-term guy if I see some progression passing-wise this year. So, I was, I, I was going to say that you basically just described Blake Bortles, which is why Bobby probably likes him so much. Wow. There's <laughs> okay. so much shade being thrown at There's so much shade. Right and I, I, as I was saying it, I didn't realize how much shade I was throwing until <laughs> it was coming out of my mouth. But I will. I am. I am pretty optimistic. And we were like the community again as a whole. We were very wrong about Daniel Jones last year. Um, a, a lot of people, and I didn't think he was going to be very good either. So, um, you know that that rookie draft ADP, you made a huge profit if you picked Daniel Jones last year. So you got a starter. You probably have at least two to three more years. I think he bought himself that after his rookie year. So you're already winning. Like whoever got him, you can't, you don't, don't take my shade to heart. You already won. So um, that's, that's where I'll end there. Well, let me give the positive Daniel Jones, okay. since, uh, at least for fantasy purposes. And I'm also going to give it from, I guess, the real life perspective too. Um, I wrote an article about Daniel Jones. And at this point, I can't actually remember all the stats. I had to look up my own article and I couldn't do it in time before I started talking. But what I do remember is that from the time he became a starter, for fantasy purposes anyway, he actually outscored Kyler Murray on a points per game basis. And everyone is hyping up Kyler Murray, and I understand it. You know, he was in this offense that's supposed to be super exciting, and he was the first overall pick and all this stuff going on for him. And yet, the as Matt was talking about the price difference between Dwayne Haskins and uh, Daniel Jones for a while there was a huge price difference and there still is between Kyler Murray and Daniel Jones at least for fantasy and so if you're telling me at their price yeah I will also take Daniel Jones over Kyler Murray and in fact so this is something I've mentioned on a few podcasts now and this was me just being way too confident and I'm probably going to regret it but I went on the Goat District podcast with uh, Dan Williamson and he is a huge Kyler Murray fan and this was before the Hopkins trade I made him a bet that Daniel Jones this season would be within a point per game or better of Kyler Murray. And at minimum 10 games played, the loser has to wear jorts and post a picture on Twitter of themselves wearing jorts. So I may be wearing jorts at the end of the season. (laughs) I'm not feeling as confident after the Hopkins trade as I was when I made that bet. Um, That said, so you guys hit on some key things for Jones, I think. And obviously I'm giving the Giants fans bias here a bit. But the fact that none of his weapons were healthy at the same time last year, Saquon was hurt for some time, Tate was suspended, Shepard had the concussions, Engram was hurt. So if you can get, and it's a big if, but if you can get all of those guys on the field at the same time, that's going to be a huge boost to his output and his fantasy output. And also a guy that you guys didn't even mention that he developed huge chemistry with was Darius Slayton. And if Slayton can develop at all, I mean, I'm not saying young players always develop, but if he can develop at all, that could also help Jones. And Jones, one thing I do remember, as a rookie, Jones had, I believe it was the highest percentage 
of 400 yard games when you only account for games he actually started as a rookie of all time in the NFL. So that's his upside. I'm not saying he does have his four, right? Matt talked about it. He fumbles, he throws interceptions. He maybe has a bad processor, but those are things I think you can work on. We've seen some quarterbacks who had those issues early in their career, like Ben Rufflesberger, for example, managed to make it a little bit less of an issue. And I'm not one for like those best shape of their lives type things, but Jones did put on 10 pounds this season to try to help him with some of like the strip sacks and fumbles. So it might actually hurt his mobility, but then according to Russell, that will mean he just won't tear his ACL. So I guess it's a win-win. And that is uh, my impassioned defense of Daniel Jones. So I think you made a great point about Kyler. Uh, I think that ADP... Yes, he does have that upside. And yes, I get it. And honestly, I wouldn't even hate taking him. He's he's a great dynasty asset right now. But man, that's really, we're really high praising this guy. Uh, similar to Baker two years ago, where it's like, I'm still confident Baker's going to be a long-term starter, but we saw that regression. Um, ah, yeah, I I actually kind of like Daniel Jones ADP right now. From where I saw him going in these super flex startups I did, it, it was seemed pretty reasonable to me. And I remember I didn't get him, but he, he was on, he was like, I was within a through few picks of getting him. So uh yeah, I, I don't hate it. And again, I, I secretly love the Giants, even though I'm not a fan of them, <laughs> because I love all their players. So uh and they picked up a a pretty good lineman in the draft, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Yeah. So they've, they addressed the O-line a bit, which is something else I failed to mention. And then like the thing that I am worried about that. So I'll give somewhat of the other side and help you guys out here by arguing against myself is even though Pat Shermer was a bad head coach, we do know he was kind of a quarterback whisperer when he could take someone like Case Keenum on the Vikings and make him look like a good quarterback. So I am a little worried about that. And I also, being a Giants fan for so long, I just can't believe that Jason Garrett is good at anything. But at the same time, I have seen the stats that say, like, you know, Dak Prescott had all of his, like, best seasons. And even uh, before that, Romo had some great seasons when he was the offensive coordinator. So there's some optimism. But at the same time, it is a new coaching system and a new offense. So he may have to adapt to that. And it may not go as planned. But I'm still Team Jones, and I'm higher on him than Matt, and I will not even put him in the same <laughs> sentence as Dwayne Haskins. Let's you want, let's play play a game, Bobby. I'm assume he's below the top six-ish guys for you. Is, is that is that yes. reasonable? All yes. right. So how so? Let's say Daniel Jones or Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz. Okay, Daniel Jones or Josh Allen. Ooh. Daniel Jones. Okay, so would you say he's like quarterback eight? Eight-ish for you. We can keep going. Baker Mayfield. Probably, I'd go. You Baker, can play though. two, Russ. You can play two, Russ. So I'm, I'm much lower, I guess. Yeah, me too. So let's keep going. <laughs> so how about how about Joe Burrow? I'd take Burrow. Okay. How about I'm just, I think I'm just lower on Allen than you guys are. I am. So I will say this now, even though I have him on that team that I mentioned earlier, has made all those championships. I am worried that Allen is the next Bortles or the next Bortled. And I use that terminology to mean if you get Bortled, it means you're really good for fantasy, but you're not so good for real life and you lose your job. So like Daniel Jones then? 
No. Oh, <laughs> get well, out of here. Okay, Josh Allen is is a a much more like he's so run heavy. Yeah. And again, this is great for win now dynasty teams. If you have Josh Allen, the next two years are going to be great. But it's that injury risk. I just hate injuries so much that I try to. I try to minimize them as much as I can. And he's a guy where I'm like, okay, through two years, no injuries. But if you keep running head into NFL linebackers, you're going to get hurt. And I love him. He's fun to watch. Like, I, I really do think Josh Allen's fun to watch. But, man. And and you mentioned, you know, if he gets a few lower body injuries, the passing isn't there. So I mean, and, and the passing already kind of <laughs> isn't <Yeah. laughs> Completely honest. So, I don't think it's that ridiculous to have Daniel Jones no. over Josh Allen. No, I don't. I, I think you can make an argument for him pretty much anywhere after seven ish. I think. By the way, I would take two uh, over uh, Daniel Jones, and I've mentioned this on other podcasts before. But I obviously, when Eli Manning was getting towards the end of his career, I'd watched much more college football because I was trying to see who would be the next quarterback of the Giants or who I wanted to be, and I'd been watching Tua his entire career. And before Daniel Jones came along, I was like, okay, the Giants are bad enough that they're actually in position to draft this amazing quarterback. <laughs> and then this year, they were legitimately in position to draft Tua. And I didn't want them to because I do believe in Jones, but there was still part of me that was like, maybe just like do it. And then Josh Rosen, Daniel Jones. So I have a, a question for you guys, and I know I'm not the host, but uh, go for it. So you can there's... be. Do you want to be? <laughs> <laughs> There's this this tier of of quarterbacks for dynasty rankings, and it leads into what Matt was talking about much earlier in the show of like rankings are kind of whatever. Okay, who plays more NFL seasons from 2020 on? Matt Ryan, Matthew Stafford, Daniel Jones, uh, Josh Allen, or Aaron Rodgers? Like who plays more seasons? Because uh, I, I saw this with personally with Drew Brees where he was getting sold as an older quarterback at like 32 and it was oh, like, yeah. Wait, are you guys sure about this? And, well, and, and it's like, could Matt Ryan play till he's 40? Definitely. I think. Yeah. So same with Stafford. And that, and that's my argument with Aaron Rodgers too, is I know we're burying him because he hasn't been good in several years now, but we're, 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 we're treating him like we did with Brady at 36. You know, like if you sold Brady at 36, you, you know, maybe you made a little bit of profit, but you also lost out on, you know, six, six seasons of super flex quarterback production, you know, and, right. and at Rogers is 36, but I can see him playing till 40 pretty easily, whether it's with the Packers or not. So uh, these older, but, but, but yeah, to answer your question, I'd say Stafford just cause he's 32 and I definitely see him play until 40. So yeah. he's yeah. got eight years left and he's not going to run head on into linebackers and defensive linemen. Like you said, Russell, as much as I like Jones, I do acknowledge the possibility that he ends up not being a starter after his rookie season or, or not his rookie season, his rookie contract or even after that and so the fact that Stafford or Ryan have already showed it has made me and also the fact that guys are playing till they're 40 I would probably bet on those guys it makes me feel a little sad to say that because it means within eight seasons the Giants could be looking for a quarterback again but it is a possibility so I'd probably bet on those guys if I had to we could we can look at Cam Newton too in that uh, as a comparison for that you know like he's only 31 and doesn't have a job like, I, I do I am in the camp that think he is going to be a starter again whether it's this year or next year I'm not sure 
But, you know, we've clearly seen his health degrade to a point where it's a question of him being in the lineup and he's only 31. And we're talking about these guys that are 32 and we see playing till 40. You know, Josh Allen, these guys can be that that can could be end up being that Cam Newton kind of player where by the time they're 31, they're just so busted up. It's hard to even find a, a spot for him in the league. I will say I believe this time next year, though, at least for fantasy purposes, having Daniel Jones in the same conversation as those guys, people will be like, oh, no, Daniel Jones is easily a top 10 dynasty quarterback. So this is the other thing. One of these young guys that's undervalued right now is going to end up being a 10-year plus starter. So for sure, Jones, Darnold, uh, I don't – I'll throw Haskins in there because I like him. You know, <laughs> Allen, Locke, Mayfield. Like one of these young guys is going to end up playing till they're 40. So uh, I – Bridgewater. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yep. Figuring out which one is the I'm kind of serious. Bridgewater is a weird one because I kind of forgot. He like zoomed out of my mind after that leg injury. And it's like, wait, no. Teddy Bridgewater was a great prospect. Yeah. And and a starter before that. So I laughed, but now I'm slowly coming we, into uh focus here. We talked about him. Was it last week? Last episode, Bobby. I don't remember. We talked about him about him quite a bit. But yeah, like him coming in with Joe Brady and all those weapons in Carolina. We were talking about DJ Moore it before we started week. recording. And like, it's just I don't know. I don't know how he doesn't succeed. And if he succeeds in Carolina, then he's going to get another contract, whether it's with them or another team. So yeah, anyway, a lot of quarterbacks tend to be retreads. So that is the case. It's just I personally so. This might have also been in reaction to something we discussed last week with Stompy talking about Drew Locke being the next second year quarterback breakout and me throwing up in my mouth a little bit hearing that because I am now the self-declared president of the anti-Locke fan club. <laughs> uh, but I much rather have Daniel Jones than Drew Locke. I know that. I much rather have Daniel Jones than a bunch of the second year guys. So for me to stick to my guns, I do have to say that I think this time next year we will be talking about Daniel Jones as if he belongs, not necessarily in that top six, but the top 10. I will give him that. I, I won't even say I caped up for Drew Locke during the draft process, but I was like, hey, guys, he's not terrible. And you should have seen the mentions I got of just like you're terrible person and all this stuff. And it's like. I, I do think he can be okay. I don't think he's a long-term guy. I can see him turning into like a Derek Carr or Andy Dalton, though. That's kind of what I can see where he starts way more years than we expect, but he's kind of around. Um, great supporting cast, though. That's the only thing where it's like... We must I, have opposite followers because I like trash Drew Locke and everyone's like, how dare you, sir? <laughs> this offseason? Because coming, yes. coming out of Missouri... It was like, this guy has no awareness. Like, he has a big arm, but he doesn't know what to do with it. That was his perception in college because he could never beat, you know, he was in the SEC. He could never beat um, any of the top teams and embarrassed himself against. I remember Georgia specifically got destroyed. And after that, it was like, okay. No, it was this uh, offseason. Anytime I even say something, like, I could say, like, oh, Drew Locke, I think, will be a good real life quarterback in that he can win some games and like manage his team to that, but be a terrible fantasy quarterback. And everyone's like, you have offended me personally. And I challenge <laughs> you to a duel and they like take off their glove and then slap me across the face. Mm. So Ouch. yeah, it's a, uh, it's an interesting time, but we are going to uh, transition from our quarterback talk 
to an animal that I believe we may have covered in the past, but can if we I do, did... Can we do a fox? I mean, Matt, did you look up fox facts or did you look up cheetah facts? <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I have cheetah facts on, on, online, but I, we, can, we can switch if you want. Uh, right, what, yeah. There's a bunch of different kinds of foxes, though. So, Is there a particular fox that you like, Russell? <laughs> the, or- the orange one. Just the, the red foxes? Yeah. So, Russell, while Matt looks that up, can you tell us <laughs> why do you like foxes in particular? Mm, well, I've sort of been in a, you spoke about a duel. I've been in a duel with foxes all my life. Hmm. Uh, growing up on a farm, uh, we, we had, you know, we had a lot of bigger animals, horses and cows, but there was a period where my mom was like, I love chickens. I'm going to get some chickens. We had a little house and like a little fenced in area. And we we're like, oh, cute chickens. And then I lived in Western Mass, so there's a lot of foxes up there. And just one by one, it was just like every night we lost the battle. Like, we lost the wars and the battle. We just we just got crushed. And I just love how they figure stuff out. They, they seem to have just outsmarted me in many facets. I feel like I've also lost a few cats along the way to, uh, to foxes, so... Um, Living out in the wild, you uh, you respect nature. So that's that's my take on fox. <laughs> I was going to say, this all sounds like reasons you might really dislike fox. It's interesting <laughs> that you've gone the I other way. I respect my adversaries, yeah. <laughs> and the entire time you were talking about that, I don't know if you saw the movie uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox, but that's what it reminded me of, just because like there's George Clooney's fox talking about how they're going to like pull off this heist to steal the chickens from this farm. So, it's real. Maybe Fantastic Mr. Fox is so good. It's, it's, so, <laughs> so, it's so good. Yeah, if you haven't seen it, check out the movie. We're not paid at all by Disney or Pixar or DreamWorks. I wish, I wish Wes was. Anderson paid us. Can we get him as a sponsor? <laughs> Wes Anderson, we love your movies. So if you want to sponsor us, you know, we will gladly talk about your movies. Matt, have we bought you enough time to talk about foxes? Yes, and what the thing that I was going to say before I looked it up uh, is my favorite thing about foxes in general is that they're they're a, a, a kind of a, a canid species or a dog type species that they'll, they're they're so cool because they will continue to hunt even when when they're full. Like they they will hmm. they they kind of cache food. Uh, so like I work with Arctic foxes at the zoo, and you, you keep feeding her, and it's clear she's not eating it. But as soon as she takes it from you. Uh, she'll go and she'll, you know, bury it somewhere. So nice. that's that. As someone who likes to eat, I, I kind of like that. Someone who's like who who likes to eat and then goes to the grocery store and then buys all the food that I don't need because I'm already full. I, I kind of appreciate that about foxes. Um, one of the one really other cool thing about them is they uh, have really good hearing. One way, if you're looking at an animal's face, one way to tell, uh, kind of like what the most important sensory organ is for them is is generally by the size of it. So foxes have these big, giant, gigantic ears. Um, they can rotate about 270 degrees. Uh, and they, they're, they're, there's some facts here saying that they can actually hear a watch that's talk, that's ticking 40 yards away. So uh, that seems pretty cool to me that they can hear that well. And just a, a, a kind of a side story. I work with uh, maned wolves, which are not foxes, but are they kind of look like like red foxes on stilts. So people think that they're in the kind of in the fox family. Um, but to, to kind of like nail home the point of how good the hearing is for these kind of animals with their ears that big. I was once given a, a keeper talk. Uh, and there was like some rustling in the grass over over next to me, and one of the one of the wolves was just kind of laying down. 
uh, and like perked up when, when that, when that rustling in the grass happened and she like immediately ran over to the spot and like dug down and pulled out uh, a vole or a gopher or something like right in front of the, the oh, people I was wow. talking to. So, uh, they really can use that hearing. And if you've seen like the Arctic foxes too, you can watch like, like on uh, discovery channel or whatever, you see them hunting in the snow and they like do these leaps up in the air, like, and they land face first into the snow and then all of a sudden pull out a, whatever it is, whatever small mammal they're, they're hunting. So uh, hearing is, is so cool for these guys. So that's one of my favorite parts of the foxes in terms of their conservation status. Red foxes are doing pretty fine. They're on the low, lowest, low, low end spectrum as, uh, as Russell kind of alluded to. Uh, that I they're getting to, a lot of chickens from Russell's farm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, the IUCN classifies them of least concern. So I don't really think we necessarily need to give a charity out. Um, for them, but you know, any kind of canid species that is endangered, like uh, a maned wolf, for example, uh, you could go and donate donate for. When you were talking about the forty and them being able to hear watches ticking, I thought they must run really fast forties then because they could hear the watch <laughs> going the whole time. Ooh, let me uh, look that up. I don't know how fast the are they actually even run. Fast? I feel thirty-one like just... miles an hour maximum. Oh That's wow! Okay, That's pretty fast. It's faster than a human, anyway. I recently took up running again, and that's like at least six times faster than me. So I'd be pretty done for if a fox came after me. Take and they up can, those knees, Bobby. <laughs> We're not and they can leap. Uh, they, they can leap six feet in there, so you know they can go up and high point those balls. There we go. From from oh. Daniel Jones. Yeah. <laughs> foxes. <laughs> so what we're saying is foxes would be great receivers. Yeah. There you have it. Well, foxes would be in this case if you're saying they're daniel jones's receiver i think that darius Slayton might be a fox in disguise <laughs> and uh you know golden tate's probably like a gray fox you know, gray, <laughs> you know. he's a little bit older ready to see it <laughs> you know it's fine uh we are going to transition to our extinction of the week and as i've explained every week and up for the benefit of our guests and potentially new listeners these are things that we would rather go extinct rather than animals. In the past, my examples have often had to do with like slow walkers because that drives me crazy, but it could be anything. It could be a particular drink. It could be peeps. It could be people. It can really be anything that's on your mind. So Matt, do you have anything you want to lead off with this week? Mine's mine's kind of boring, I guess. I'm going to piggyback off, off of our last show and, and go back to, to mask wearing we kind of talked about it in general, but my new pet peeve this week is people that wear the mask, but don't wear it correctly. And they have it hanging below their nose or on their chin or whatever. And and at this point, I think we can really kind of safely say that if you are not wearing a mask, you're wearing it incorrectly. It's basically just like a big fuck you to the rest of the world at this point, I think. So like you're walking down the street, pull up your mask, wear it correctly. We're seeing gigantic spikes in Texas and Florida and Arizona. You know, my mom works at a casino that opened up temporarily in Phoenix, and now they're closed down again. So if we ever want to get back to normalcy, whatever that looks like, uh, please just wear your mask correctly because it's it's right there, man. Just pull it up. It's all you got to do. You already have it on your face. Just pull it up. And shout, Russell, out, shout out Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in Tucson. Oh, nice. yeah. My parents are in Phoenix. Maybe next time I'm out there after oh, all dude. of this is back to normal, we can uh, can hook up. Yeah, definitely. Um, Russell, do you have something you'd like to go extinct? And it doesn't have to necessarily do with the social issues. They've just been no. uh, easy to target because they're can, bothering everybody. 
can it be that I just would rather nobody else be on the road with me at the same time? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I don't want to say the human species, but I much <laughs> prefer to drive on roads with no other cars. Um, but beyond waiting in lines and cars, uh, I feel like I, I want to say my procrastination skills. Um, I ran out of toilet paper this week. <laughs> and I knew it was going to happen. And I don't know if you guys have ever done this, but you see the rolls coming to the end. You know, it's the last one. You maybe have a few empty cartridges next to it. And you're like, cause you're too lazy to pick those up. And you're like, you know, I need to get toilet paper. And every time that toilet flushes, it's just totally out of, out of my mind. And I just, I just forget <laughs> and I don't go and it's happening with hand soap too. I got maybe five pumps left, five more hand washes and I'm going to be out. And you know I what the just, trick I'm doing nothing about it. Why am I doing nothing about it? You know what the trick is with the hand soap, right? Is you just let it get to that point and then you just fill it with water and it's good to go for like another couple of weeks, man. Like okay. it's diluted a little bit, but it still suds up and cleans your hands. I'm telling you, that is the Matt, he that just is said you wish it go extinct and you're helping him keep it alive. But... <laughs> That's right. I'm reinforcing it. It's a terrible species and it needs to be done. But uh, my girlfriend actually did that. So she, she put it in and now that's running out. So that's, that's what I mean. This is, this is a problem. Like I'm having like people intervention, you know, she's helping me and it's still just a disaster. So I ended up, I ended up buying toilet paper the other day, but not until I was out, you know, right. and uh, sometimes my electric bill, even though I can pay it, you know, shout out to me. Uh, it, <laughs> It's just like two hundred dollars, and I'm like, "What did I just two hundred dollars?" Yeah, because I, I guess you are for in three Arizona. months. You, it's like four. It's like four billion degrees there, like the surface of the sun. So you probably have to run your AC well, like when all you the forget, time. When you forget three months, and then you're just like, "Did I was I in a coma for three months? What just <laughs> happened to me? I need to pay this." So there you go. Yeah. You got to get a bidet, man. That is the real solution. For your I'm <laughs> Matt, telling you, Matt it is about these before. I, I'm telling you, man, Jeff Miller, like he said, it was one of the best purchases he ever made. And I was so skeptical. I'm like, you are, you are crazy. There's, there's no way this is the best purchase ever. And then I bought a cheap $31 from $30 one from Amazon. And it, it's, it's, it's up there in terms of my best purchases. Absolutely. Wait, you're right now? I'm absolutely serious with you. Yeah. On my old podcast. It's, a, you'll Miller use like on. one or two. You use like one or two squares and that's it. And you're done. Like you'll, your toilet paper will last forever. Yeah. Jeff came on and we talked about football for okay. like half an hour. And then we talked about his bidet for like another half hour because that's just <laughs> typical I, Jeff behavior. I, that is the most typical Jeff behavior I've ever heard beyond posting sour selfies, shower selfies <laughs> online. Um, I might have to DM him about this. Or, I'm or telling DM you, man. Matt so, I will about, back it up and say okay. that my brother-in-law who pays no attention to Jeff whatsoever once said that the best purchase and he was sitting next to his wife who was wearing her engagement and wedding ring. And he said, the best purchase I ever made in my life was my bidet. <laughs> and then she looked at him and then he just turned to her and said, I know what I said. <laughs> Dude, you, you get yourself a bidet and a squatty potty and you elevate that toilet game. Mm, wow. <laughs> this is the game's changing. Folks. The Superflex podcast brought to you by bidets game and Wes Anderson. Uh, no, but so 
Yeah, that's an interesting one. I hope that you managed to work on that or in the <laughs> of the day, I guess. Um, mine is going to be, so last week we discussed that I recently have bought a house and I'm currently living in the suburbs while I wait to move to the house because I'm living with my parents at the moment. But I've been driving around town a bit more for random things I have to do for the house and just in general. And so my old stuff used to be like, oh, my annoyances are walking around the city and slow walkers. Now it's all like driving stuff like Russell was talking about where, yeah, I would totally be on board if no one was on the road with me. But this one's very specific, which is I was pulled into a parking spot to do something. And while I was in there, somebody parked directly behind me in a packed parking spot where there wasn't actually a legal parking spot. And they just stalled there and they could see that I was clearly trying to back out. And so they made no movement whatsoever to back away or move. And so I had to do not like a three point turn, but basically like a five point turn to avoid hitting all these cars, just because this woman thought that she had every right to be directly behind me. So basically also, I think for lack of a better word, she's basically a Karen. So I'm just going to combine it and say like, I hope that Karens go extinct. Dude, I would, that would have been a situation where I would have lost my mind. Like I, maybe it's because I'm getting old, but like I have so little patience for people that have no self-awareness these days. If you park me in, I'm going to get out and yell at you. It just, yeah, it's horrible. I go back and forth because I was once a very horrific driver. Like, <laughs> I won't, I won't talk about my legal troubles, but I may have one or two speeding tickets on my, on my, uh, my life toll here. And I'm now a right lane driver. I'm now a very respectful driver. However, age 22, Russ, probably a disaster. So well, I have that experience and I feel like I have some amends to make. Speeding <laughs> tickets don't necessarily make you a bad driver. I'm just putting that out there because I had some speeding oh, tickets too. And I'm also absolutely. a right lane driver uh, <laughs> these days where I like cruise control. Uh, yeah, quick, yeah. Quick. I got a ticket once for going 66 in a 65 zone. And no, I'm not Shut up. For going a mile over. No way. So I had to go back to five hour safe or like the five hour safety course. And everyone's going around and they're like, why are you here? Oh, I'm a new driver. Why are you here? Oh, I was drunk driving, got a DUI. I ran someone over. I did this. What did you do? I was going 66 in a 65 zone like the badass I am. What's up? I find that so, I mean, obviously it happened, but that's ridiculous. I mean, it, I know California is in general, like a different world when it comes to driving. We, if you're going 85 in the fast lane, you're going too slow. It's just, it's kind of California. Oh. And, and I have never, and I, and I, I, I'm telling you, I like, I probably average like, like 80 miles an hour in a, in a 65 zone all the time. And I have never gotten a ticket. Officers so, have to hit their quotas. That's why. Oh, absolutely. They do. The driving differences from West Coast to East Coast is wild. I thought I thought people in mass were bad drivers, and I just realized they are not bad drivers. They're just very assertive, and they're like, hey, get moving or oh, yeah. I'm going. Yeah. And in, in Tucson, it's like you get in a lot of these situations where it's like, no, you go. No, you go. No, you go. And you're like, someone make a decision. Oh yeah. It's like that in like the Pacific Northwest too. Like you come up to a four-way stop and everybody's being so courteous and nobody goes and delays everyone. God damn it. Just go. Being in the Northeast, I can tell you that doesn't happen. Everyone's doing the rolling (laughs) stops and like, everyone's just like, I'm going, I'm going right now. Yeah. Actually my drivers, this is also another quick tangent, but when I was taking driver's ed back in the day, my driver's ed teacher literally told me you hesitate, you die. So that just shows you the Northeast 
attitude towards driving. Yeah. And so my, my transition to Tucson, people don't pull up past the crosswalk and like in Tucson, nobody does that. So the first three months I was here, I was like pulling up to red lights and I was like over the line, like way over. And everyone's like, what are you doing? I'm like, <laughs> Oh, this is just, that's how, that's how we do it in Massachusetts. I don't know. Well, we have talked about a lot of different things, um, especially in terms of the extinctions, but we're going to, uh, very quickly, because I like to make sure this is part of the show now, too. If you have something positive you'd like to highlight, just because, as we referenced earlier, there's a lot going on in the world, and it's not all positive, so it's nice to bring up anything positive. It can be personal note, someone you want to shout out, whatever it is. Matt, do you have a positivity highlight for this episode? I really don't, man. It was a pretty negative <laughs> week. I'm just going to be honest with you. This week was a very, very frustrating week for me. So uh, I'm going to follow my mom's advice. And if I don't have anything nice to say, I'm just not going to say anything. Matt's positivity highlight is laughing about Russell's toilet paper and soap situation this week. My, you know, I have one, actually. My positivity one is that we are back doing a pretty regular schedule with this show, Bobby. So that's, that's true. exciting and, and, and positive, I think. That makes me feel guilty because I'm about to start my job and then I can't make any guarantees. <laughs> <laughs> it's just for this week, though. That the it's positive about this week, we can go that it's a negative next next time. That's true. Russell, what's your uh, positivity of the week if you have one? Uh, well, I, I will say, like obviously, I understand the world right now is absolutely chaotic, but in my little shell of the world, like you know. The sports world seems to be coming back, and that is great news not only for my employment status, but just like my my happiness levels. And uh, obviously, we're not there yet, and the, the COVID testing has been um, – it seems like Adam Schefter has to tweet out every player that is positive, which I don't enjoy. But um, it does seem like NFL is going to be coming back. NBA just released their schedule. Dana White and the UFC has been going strong. Golf's coming back. So um, that's my little positivity from the week. Otherwise, you know, I'm just uh, I'm just uh, trying to, um, you know, I think we're all just trying to keep it together right now. I, I haven't seen many people in the last three months. Oh, and I got a haircut. So there nice. you go. I am so jealous. I need a haircut <laughs> so bad. I haven't, I didn't have one for three months and uh, I finally got one, gave the girl a nice, nice big tip. And uh, you know, that was probably my positivity for the week. There you go. Was it scary getting a haircut? I was the only one. In Everybody. There. Yeah. Okay. You're yeah. both wearing masks and all that. So Nice. I might have yeah. to try to do that because it's getting ridiculous. Like this is the longest I think my hair has ever been. But it highlights your piercing blue eyes. Yeah, that's yeah. You, you can you can be a surfer bro. You can be a zookeeper. Like, you got a lot of you got a lot of versatility right now. I really don't have those moves. Like I tried the long hair, and I just look like you know I've been in the wild. So, um. <laughs> well, my positivity is going to be. Uh, it's not going to sound like a positive thing because I think most people don't look forward to this. But I got my work laptop this week. And I got my access to my work email. And I've mentioned before, I'm starting a new job, which I got after completing grad school. And seeing the email was just like the culmination of like, okay, this is real. And I'm sure. actually starting a job, which not everyone has right now. So I'm appreciative of that. And too, it's just 
seeing a lot of hard work actually pay off for something that's real. So it's my work email, which I know drives a lot of people crazy, but I'm happy to have one and see it. Yeah, man, I got to tell you, I watched my sister go through grad school and like, shout out to you guys. I, I didn't have the heart or maybe the brains to complete that. And uh, anyone who can get through that whole very stressful process, like I have so much respect for. Yeah, I appreciate it. Although I don't know that I have more brains than pretty much anybody else, but <laughs> I do appreciate it. <laughs> and with that said, we are going to... Uh, wrap it up here. Russell, we want to thank you again for joining us and just quickly let the people know where they can find you and what you have going on. Sure. Uh, you can find me at Russell J clay on Twitter. Uh, I'm a fantasy guru lead staff writer. Uh, we got a bunch of stuff coming up for, um, the season that will be happening. Um, you know, we got live chats. I do weekly dynasty roster reviews, which is really a fun, fun thing I've been doing this summer and you know we got a lot of a lot of good content coming out tyler beaker uh really really smart guy and uh, i won't say he's smarter than me but he's certainly more analytically inclined than i am um armando marsal and uh, really good staff over there so come join us and hang out if you want to and really quick just because i know russell won't point this out about himself he is a wizard when it comes to using pf ref and for those who don't know the shorthand that's just pro football reference and I like to think that I'm pretty good at using the different databases or whatever. And then I see the stuff that he does and I'm just like, all right, I should just either tell him to search this stuff for me or like give up. <laughs> so if you ever have like a database question on pro football reference, make sure you tweet at him because he can definitely help you out there. And Matt, you have always a million things going on. You're on what feels like 20 different podcasts. What? Um, Get out of here. You have your piercing blue eyes, but people can find those piercing blue <laughs> eyes true. at Matt Price FF. Uh, you still host or are a co-host of the Dynasty League Football main podcast. You are involved with the GGN pod and this pod. Am I missing any of the 17 others that I forgot to mention? That's that's really it, man. And podcasting has been bad for my writing. I have not written this oh. season nearly as much as I have in past years. Uh, but I do still do the mailbag. Uh, it's it's a tough article to write, though, because if you don't have questions, then then you have to make them up. And I, I'm not I, I don't like making up. I like I like having real questions. So uh, I did just submit another article today. But if you do want some questions answered in more of a long term form format than we can do on Twitter, then, you know, submit those questions for the, for DLF mailbag. And whenever I have enough questions, I put out an article. So that's the other, only other thing really that I got going on other than the podcast. Make sure you get those questions into Matt. Definitely makes the job much easier. You can find me at Rec Fantasy. That's R-E-K-E-D Fantasy. I am contractually obliged to say I'm not a Twitter tough guy, despite what John Bosch wants you to believe. You can find my work on Dynasty League Football, much like Matt. I have not written as much as I'd like to. I've found that I've enjoyed podcasting much more than writing lately, so I might be trending more towards uh, doing the podcast and also because of my job starting, I just don't quite have as much time. But when I do write, you can find it there. And as always, you can find us, even though you're already listening to the show, at Zooperflex, Z-O-O-P-E-R, Flex. Until next time, keep it classy, Fantasy Twitter.